0: From Texas Public Radio, this is Texas Matters, a weekly radio news magazine that looks at the issues, events, and people in the Lone Star State. Today on Texas Matters, a special documentary report, planes, trains, and automobiles evading the Texas abortion ban. I'm David Martin Davies. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24, 2022. Roe, the 1973 ruling, had guaranteed a woman's constitutional right to an abortion. Immediately, 13 states like Texas outlawed virtually all abortion access. For many in Texas, that means if they need an abortion, they must travel hundreds of miles to a state where abortion remains legal. Texas Public Radio decided to dig in and explore what those challenges, costs, and repercussions are for those who are forced to make that journey. Working with my fellow TPR reporter Kayla Padilla, We spent the year documenting the reality for many as they evade the Texas abortion ban. We started off by crossing the Texas border into Mexico. It cost a dollar to walk across the border bridge from Texas and into Nuevo Progreso. And every day, lots of Americans make that crossing to buy low-cost pharmaceuticals.
1: Dana came from Louisiana to stock up. She wouldn't tell us her last name. You can get meds. I mean, we don't
2: need any this time, but I've gotten here for a lot cheaper, like antibiotics and stuff.
1: Uh,
3: Do
0: you feel safe here?
1: Yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. When we were there, we were immediately approached by a man who asked if we were looking for a dentist. The main street was lined with dental offices.
0: I told him no, we were looking for abortion pills.
1: Without missing a beat, he came over with another guy who led us through an alley to get to a small pharmacy. The clerk said that yes, they did have the abortion drug.
0: But when I told him that we were reporters and that we had some questions, he changed his story and he didn't have the drug.
1: That also happened at the next pharmacy. Once we told them we were reporters, they got a nervous look on their face, and suddenly they didn't have the abortion drug.
0: Well, we have to tell them, And fortunately, the third place that we went to, I don't think that guy believed that we were reporters. I think he thought we really wanted to buy the abortion pill for our own use.
1: We got some weird looks, but he sold us a box of the drug Cyrix, which is misoprostol.
0: This medication is approved to prevent stomach ulcers, but it also causes a miscarriage.
1: Then I asked the clerk for the instructions for taking me so postal. At first, he said to take one pill every hour for up to 10 hours. Then he said that actually I could take as little or as many pills as I wanted. Totally up to me. Uh, every hour, one every hour until, until you have an abortion? Yes, okay. so you can take 10, uh-huh. 4, or uh-huh. 6. <laughs>
0: So a lot of problems here. That's not the proper dosage and protocol. And no one told us that the medication abortion med shouldn't be taken after 10 weeks of pregnancy.
1: We talked to Dr. Josie Urbina. She's an OBGYN based in California. She said she wasn't surprised to hear of our experience. The pharmacy tech is not privy to knowing the dosage of mesoprostol for medication abortion. That's not something that they treat in Mexico. Pharmacists don't learn
4: how misoprostol works for abortion.
1: Misoprostol is used in combination with another drug, mifepristone, for a medical abortion. So we asked about buying mifepristone in the pharmacies we went to, but they didn't have it. Mifepristone isn't as available in Mexico as it is in the United States, but it's still safe to take misoprostol alone for a self-managed abortion so long as you have a plan and some form of support. I just want to clarify that medication is very safe to do. There's two protocols, one with mifepristone and musoprostol, and
4: then the other one with just musoprostol only. But since mifepristone, is the more expensive one, isn't available in a lot of federal countries, a lot of people just use the musyl.
1: Dr. Urbina said that if you're going to cross the border for abortion pills, it's important to have a plan. She said that websites like mahotline.org provide factual information in English and Spanish. And going to a chain pharmacy in Mexico will ensure you're buying safe medication.
4: There's not the same threshold for safety with the independent pharmacies.
1: The pharmacy clerk told us he sells a lot of these pills, and the buyers are women from the United States.
0: So I bought the box of pills, 28 doses, for $55.
1: Next, we went to a supermarket called El Disco Supercenter. There was a big pharmacy in the center of the store with just about any medication you can think of.
0: We went to the counter and asked the clerk for the abortion drug. He grabbed the box from a large stack right next to him. He said it cost $25, half the price that we paid earlier.
1: He said they were selling a lot to young women from the United States. He also didn't have the companion medication, Mofapirstone. In fact, he didn't really know any instructions on how to take it. He just shrugged his shoulders.
0: We wanted to talk to a doctor in Nuevo Progreso. And again, we went to the street and told a street corner recruiter. We were led to a small office about half a block away.
1: The doctor was young, clean-cut. He had a stethoscope draped across the back of his neck. In front of him was a prescription pad.
0: We wanted to know if Americans were coming across to get the abortion procedure. He said no, because it's illegal here in the state of Tamaulipas.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. However, in September, Mexico's Supreme Court ruled to federally decriminalize abortion.
0: But it's still illegal in most Mexican states, like Tamaulipas, which shares a 230-mile border with Texas from Brownsville to Laredo.
1: When we told the doctor about the pills we bought, he said that's illegal too. It's supposed to be sold only as a stomach medication, not for abortion. This could explain why the first couple of clerks didn't sell it to us.
0: So we crossed back into Texas and declared to the U.S. Customs Officer that we bought the abortion pills, and he waved us through.
1: So what did we find out? Is crossing the border to access an abortion an option for someone looking to get around the Texas prohibition?
0: Well, no and yes, it would be safer to go online and get the correct pills with telemedicine and have medical supervision in the process. This is a legal gray area. Texas bans abortion pills from being sent in the mail, but it's happening. The problem in South Texas is the lack of broadband internet, over 60% in the Rio Grande Valley don't have access, according to Pew Research. So many just can't do that.
1: So for many, going across the border for the miso pills is an option. And an abortion procedure is completely out of the question, at least in the states of Tamaulipas and Texas. As more Texans take to the highway to travel out of state for illegal abortion, there is a response from anti-abortion activists. They are passing local ordinances in cities and counties banning the use of their roads for anyone traveling out of state for an abortion. Experts say these ordinances won't hold up in court. Even so, they are having a chilling effect.
0: It was a full house in the Lubbock County Commissioner's Court when for over an hour comments were offered about declaring Lubbock County off-limits for anyone going to New Mexico for an abortion. Like many of the speakers, Mary Hernandez supported the proposal.
1: Local laws reflect who we are as a society and what we
3: stand for. Unborn babies deserve the protection that government can and should
2: offer. Hello, my name is Jim Baxa. Here to urge you to support this ordinance to stop the trafficking of babies for murder. We can and do have laws against the sex trafficking of women. So when we're talking about abortion trafficking, we're talking about the same type of law. Thank you, Your Honor and, and Commissioners, for letting me speak. I'm Terry Shaw, Precinct 3. We are here to protect the babies,
0: But there are also locals like Sarah Reed who spoke out against the ordinance.
4: The Sanctuary City Movement was an attempt by one group of people in Lubbock to impose their beliefs on the entire population of Lubbock. My name is Charlotte Dunham, and I live in Lubbock County.
1: And I'm here to talk about abortion as something that should be legal. For one thing, uh, we have a constitution in this country, and the constitution guarantees freedom of religion.
0: The controversy also attracted interest from residents of New Mexico.
2: What happens here in Texas uh, directly affects us in New Mexico. And what we're now seeing is 220% increase in one year of -of out-of-state abortions.
0: David Gallegos is a New Mexico state senator. He said his state is becoming a destination for Texans with unwanted pregnancies.
2: We're aborting about a thousand Texans in New Mexico every month. And that's really trying for a small state of New Mexico. We've got two million people statewide. And our system is just having such a hard time with all the, the penalties that come with this.
0: To block Texas women from seeking abortion care in New Mexico, anti-abortion activist Mark Lee Dixon founded the Sanctuary for the Unborn movement.
3: We're not pulling over people on the roads. The government doesn't enforce this. Uh, No sheriff is going to to be stopping people. Uh, We're not going to have canines with ultrasound equipment attached to them. That's not what this is.
0: Dixon said enforcement is going to depend on people filing civil lawsuits similar to how SB 8, the Texas heartbeat law, was structured. Elizabeth Sepper, a University of Texas law professor, said the ordinances are about intimidation.
1: These laws have significant chilling effect.
4: They strike fear into the hearts of people who are trying to leave this state for totally legal and medically appropriate
1: abortions in other states where abortion is available
0: Sepper said telling people they can't use a public road violates the right to travel that is protected in the US Constitution
4: states or localities are not permitted to restrict risk- Strict um, travel between states, and to some lesser extent, travel
3: within states
0: and she said it's wrong to compare going out of state for abortion to human trafficking.
1: Human trafficking is a crime. Having an abortion in New Mexico is not a crime. So there's one sort of central distinction. Um, But states aren't allowed to impose their criminal laws in ways that would
3: prohibit travel between states.
0: But that's not going to stop Dixon, who is trying to get more sanctuary for the unborn ordinances passed.
3: We are looking at the counties along the Texas-New Mexico border, and also the counties along the Texas-Oklahoma border.
0: He said abortion is a great moral evil, and he's going to do everything he can to outlaw it from coast to coast. If these ordinances can survive court challenges, They might be able to shut down roads, even runways, but what about rail?
1: It's 2.45 in the morning and the Sunset Limited is pulling out of Amtrak San Antonio Station heading west.
0: The passenger train is just one of many ways that Texans are traveling to New Mexico where abortion remains legal.
1: Since September 1st, 2021, when the Texas Fetal Heartbeat Law went into effect, many pregnant women in Texas have been forced to flee the state to find abortion care.
0: Many are able to afford an airline flight, but many others are not. Driving is an option if there's access to a dependable car that can cross hundreds of miles of Texas desert. There is the bus, but Amtrak is even cheaper and has the advantage of being more comfortable.
1: From San Antonio, the train takes about 12 hours to arrive at the El Paso Union Depot. From there, it's a short rideshare trip to the closest abortion clinic in New Mexico.
0: Women's Reproductive Clinic is less than a mile across the state line. Inside the waiting room, there's a large yellow sign that reads, Welcome East Texans to New Mexico, Land of Enchantment.
1: Doris came to New Mexico from San Antonio for her abortion. That's not her actual name. She's asking for anonymity due to fear that Texas could eventually prosecute her for her abortion. And it's not like it's easy. She like people act like you get an abortion. It's like something that's easy. It's not.
0: She's 20 years old, blonde, and on her necklace, there's a tiny gold crucifix.
4: It's a lot. And you just have to, like, sit and think about it, especially, like, when you're on the plane like, you're getting closer and closer and then you're in the hotel and then you're waiting and it's just like whereas I could be in the comfort of my home and just go to a
1: hospital. She decided to end her pregnancy early. She didn't think she could care for her child and she wasn't prepared for the responsibility.
4: So I feel like people don't really think about that. Like yeah, there's like a bunch of reasons that people need abortions.
0: With doors is her
2: boyfriend. There should always be a choice. If you want to keep it, then keep it. You have that option. If you don't want to, you also have that option as well because it can ruin somebody's lives, and that's what gets me the most.
1: The boyfriend's mother is also here. She's paying for the trip and the treatment. She says it's a financial burden.
2: When you have to go to another state
3: to get the kind of care that we're getting today, um, you know, there's a There's an emotional aspect to it, a mental aspect, and a financial aspect to this that is challenging. And not everybody has the ability to do what we're doing today. Travel to another state comes with really substantial costs.
0: Isaac Matt Zimmet is a data scientist at the Guttmacher Institute, a research and policy group that supports reproductive rights.
3: It comes with financial costs, both the travel itself and the cost of abortion care. It also comes with logistical costs, obtaining childcare, getting time off work, obtaining transportation, and those costs can be really difficult for many people to manage.
1: Zimmet says abortions in New Mexico have increased 220% since 2020, mainly from Texans. He says this means people are highly motivated to make the journey. And according to the data, since the end of Roe v. Wade, the number of Texans having abortions hasn't fallen. Instead, they are finding ways to travel to abortion-legal states.
0: Teens in Texas are dealing with a trifecta of challenges when it comes to reproductive justice. Abortion is illegal in the state, but also sex education is essentially non-existent, and books about sex, gender, and reproduction are being banned from school libraries. Kayla Padilla tells us how Texas teens are being impacted.
1: Irma Garcia is the client services manager at Jane's Due Process. She says that since the fall of Roe, they've received a surge in calls from Texas teens who are scared and confused.
4: A lot of folks still believe that abortion is just illegal all across the country versus just in Texas, it being inaccessible in Texas.
1: Jane's due process works to help minors get to other states where abortion is still legal. They also help cover the cost of transportation, hotels, and for the abortion itself. Garcia describes Texas as a landscape of inaccessibility. She said even when abortion was legal, a lot of people didn't have the resources to access one, so it was never truly an option for them.
4: If you cannot access it, then you don't technically have the choice to have an abortion."
1: One San Antonio woman I talked to shared her teen pregnancy story with me and echoed a lot of what Garcia said. We'll call her Morgan. Right now, she's in her 30s. When she was 14, Morgan's grandmother drove her from San Antonio to Mexico to get the abortion procedure. At the time, her grandmother was concerned that if she got the abortion in the United States, It would remain on her medical records as a pre-existing condition for health insurance and complicate life down the line. Morgan says she went to a Mexican clinic and paid a hefty price in cash. The experience was difficult. She received no anesthetic
4: or muscle relaxer. I just remember like this burning pain the entire time.
1: Morgan got through the abortion. She picked up some pain medication at a Mexican pharmacy and she made her way back to San Antonio. But later, there were complications and there was an infection in her uterus. Because there was an infection in the uterus, it also traveled to my left ovary. She only discovered this when she had a miscarriage at 19. But at that time, she didn't have the time or money to investigate further. Morgan got pregnant again at 21. Her doctor warned her it would be a challenging pregnancy. She spent a lot of her
4: time at the hospital. My body went into shock several times. It was just like one thing after another and thank. God, Like, I had the most healthy, crazy son there is.
1: But her health didn't improve after having her son. After years of health complications, she decided to have a hysterectomy in 2020 at the suggestion of her doctor.
4: There was already rumbling of women's rights in healthcare. And he was worried that if we didn't do the hysterectomy when we did, that they may not allow me, Texas may not allow me to have that hysterectomy because of my age. So Morgan went ahead with the procedure. We're going to get this out. Like I cannot risk losing my life because Texas said so. A few
1: years after her hysterectomy, she's doing a whole lot better now. She loves a son that she chose to have when she was 21. He's almost nine now and she's at peace with the abortion
4: she had at 14. That does not mean that I am, like, an evil person. I had the option. The option is not some, you know, stuffy white man at the capitals to make the decision for. It's a woman's choice to make that decision.
1: Morgan says a problem was she didn't receive science-based sex education in school.
4: When we covered sex, it was like chlamydia and herpes, STDs, what this looks like, the scarring of an STD, somebody's vagina looking like cauliflower.
1: Texas law does not require schools to teach sex education. However, if a school does choose to teach sex ed, the curriculum must emphasize abstinence. And in Texas, parents are required to provide their written consent for their children receiving sex education. This is referred to as the opt-in policy. Texas doesn't require that sex education instruction be medically accurate. Morgan says this policy is setting up Texas teens to fail
4: had there been this, like, you can have birth control, you can, like, have access to birth control, but you can still get pregnant. But if you still get pregnant, you still have access to an abortion. Like, it would have made me feel like, okay, there's options.
1: Irma Garcia with Jane's Due Process said teens in need of abortion care can call their hotlines to talk to their trained volunteers. The intake process is less than 20 questions. They need that intake information to address the specific need of the client, like booking a clinic appointment, flights, and hotels.
4: And then once I contact you, we go over how the process works and I answer any questions that person may have.
1: Danielle Jones is an OBGYN from Texas who recently moved to New Zealand. I told her about Morgan's story and the complications from her abortion. Dr. Jones expressed sympathy for Morgan's situation. She also says there's always a risk of infection, but for those seeking care outside of Texas, there are reliable clinics in Mexico. We talk about that in regards to like historical abortions and people having quote unquote botched or back alley abortions. Things that are really like done outside of medical practices, outside of skilled professionals or skilled professionals who don't have the right tools, inability to sterilize their tools, things like that. Dr. Jones is also known as Mama Dr. Jones, and she has about one and a half million subscribers on YouTube. She makes educational videos on vaginal health, debunking myths on birth control, and also the impact of the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Dr. Jones says people from Texas message her with questions they're too afraid to ask anyone else. I get people messaging me or commenting on videos all the time saying, you know, can you make a video about XYZ? Because I don't know if it's safe to ask my doctor that, Um, you know, I'm pregnant in Texas and I can't go to the emergency room because I'm afraid that they will, you know, call the police. Dr. Jones says her colleagues in Texas are fearful, desperate and just want to do what's best for their patient. You never want to feel like you're failing your patients, but I don't think we've been put in a position where we have the option to not fail some of our patients. Morgan had some words of encouragement for Texas youth who are feeling scared about being pregnant
4: and seeking abortion care. They're not alone. They still have their options, and we will continue to fight until those options can be put on shelves and they're over-the-counter. But for the time being, they're not alone. And she says it's okay to be scared. We are living in a scary
1: time for teens in Texas who just learned they are pregnant.
0: Sitting in his Albuquerque, New Mexico office, Dr. Alan Braid remembers what things were like before Roe v. Wade. He said things
2: were bad. I remember distinctly a 16-year-old girl. Someone had packed her vagina with old rags and put a catheter in her uterus to, for her to abort. And she died of sepsis and organ failure.
1: The 78-year-old Braid said that the memories of treating other failed attempts at illegal abortions in 1972 still haunt him, and he doesn't want to go back to that.
2: We would see women who sought care either in Mexico or someone who would do that in, in San Antonio, and they died.
0: When SB 8, the 2021 Texas fetal heartbeat law passed, Braid decided he wasn't going to leave Texas. He was going to stay and fight it.
1: And that made national news.
2: A doctor in San Antonio is the first to be sued in Texas under the state's new abortion law. Although at 10 o'clock for the first time since a restrictive Texas abortion law went into effect, a Texas doctor is now facing not one but two lawsuits. Dr. Alan Braid said that he recognizes there could be consequences,
3: but he believes he has a, quote, duty of care.
4: Dr. Alan Braid opened up about this in a Washington Post op-ed writing... I acted because I had a duty of care to this patient, as I do for all patients. Braid stood up to SB-8 and he won.
0: A judge eventually threw out the SB-8 lawsuits, filed against Braid. The judge ruled the people had no connection to the prohibited abortion and they weren't harmed by it. They didn't have standing.
1: This didn't overturn SB-8, but weakened it considerably. Then came the leaked Supreme Court opinion overturning Roe v. Wade. And Braid knew it was time to leave Texas.
2: If we're going to continue, where should we go? And New Mexico was the first place we thought of. So Dobbs came out June 24th. We saw our first patient here, August 15th.
1: Braid says Texans are still finding their way to his office. 85% of his business comes from Texas.
2: You know, most of our patients drive here. Every patient I see, I'll ask them where they're from and uh, how they got here. Most of them uh, have driven. 12-hour drive, I think it is, from Corpus, for instance, or Houston or Louisiana. It's often. From-
0: he says it's not unusual to get a plaintiff phone call from a stranded patient. Their car broke down and they will miss their appointment.
1: And Braid says the recent Texas County abortion bans passed are also having an impact at clinics in New Mexico.
2: Since those laws were enacted, they're having higher no-show rates because people are afraid to drive through Lubbock, Amarillo. But Braid points out these local abortion
0: travel bans are effectively meaningless. They are based on the same SB-8 law that he challenged and won.
1: But that didn't stop the current Texas abortion ban, and Braid says he's concerned that one day there will be a national ban, and things will return to what he saw back in 1972.
0: This is the girl.
1: Bart, not his real name, rolls back the hangar door where his plane sits. So for confidentiality reasons, this is Susan.
0: We also need to change his pet name for his airplane because Bart and Susan are partners in an active underground effort, flying people to access abortion care when they live in states where abortions are outlawed.
1: Susan is a single-engine type four-seater built over 60 years ago. But uh, it's got the range to make it a couple of states out of here, and uh, it's pretty fast.
0: Bart is able to ferry someone in need of an abortion to another state, where abortion is legal, without too much time and trouble, all on the down low.
1: Even though what he's doing is completely legal, he asked that his identity be kept secret due to concerns of harassment from zealous anti-abortion activists.
0: You know, there's a a group of people out there that will really gung-ho to get on computers and
3: dox people.
0: BART is one of hundreds of volunteers with Elevated Access, an organization that coordinates small plane pilots with people in need of an abortion. All the matchups are done online. The pilots don't even know the names of their passengers.
1: Well, I don't know what they were going up there for. I didn't ask. They didn't tell. It was just a coordinated request to go get somebody some medical care. Even the founder and executive director of Elevated Access keeps his real identity hidden. He asked to use the name Mike, and he said privacy and secrecy is baked into the process of connecting people who need abortions with pilots who want to help.
3: So that if there was a district attorney or attorney general that decided to try to come after us or one of our pilots, uh, we have as much plausible deniability as possible. From what we and talking with our attorneys, We know that there are activist judges out there. We see it happen in Texas.
1: Elevated Access started a year and a half ago, and so far they've flown over 600 missions for over 800 people around the country. Mike says he expects that to balloon to over a 1,000 missions in 2024. That's because elevated access is still growing, but also because organizations that used to buy airline tickets for women seeking out-of-state abortions are seeing a drop-off in their funding.
3: A lot of organizations have seen funding slow down, and so they're coming to us perhaps more often to help fill that gap when they're trying to get somebody from A to B.
0: Currently, there's no way to prevent people from traveling from one state to another to access abortion care, but Mike says he expects more efforts to change
3: that. Until one of these states gets into interstate restrictions, uh, then we'll have to evaluate that in that situation.
0: There are already efforts in Texas to make local airports off-limits to these flights, headed by Mark Lee Dixon of Right to Life East Texas. He helped pass ordinances that prohibited the use of local roads and runways for anyone leaving Texas for an abortion.
3: All we're saying in this ordinance is that anyone who would assist in that effort, we see that as aiding and abetting uh, an abortion, and we're going to stand against it.
0: In a statement to TPR, Dixon directly takes on the pilots of elevated access. He writes, pilots who hide their identities as they traffic pregnant mothers for abortions will not be able to hide forever and will be found out, especially if they are found violating the laws passed in cities like Abilene, Cisco, Odessa, and San Angelo, Texas. It's unlikely that these local anti-abortion trafficking ordinances would survive a court challenge, but Mike says the abortion support community is taking a wait-and-see approach.
3: Yeah, we certainly monitor the different laws and regulations that different groups are trying to pass, whether they're constitutional or not. It's a case-by-case basis in terms of whether it affects our operations or not.
1: Mike says the future of abortion rights depends on the outcome of the November election. Republican victories could make abortion illegal nationwide. But he's focused on the short term, and right now, the skies our freedom still exists.
0: This has been Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Evading the Texas abortion ban from Texas Public Radio. I'm David Martin Davies.
1: And I'm Kayla Badia.
0: Thanks for listening.